Life is filled with both sunshine and storms, but without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kahiwat. Today, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. The scripture says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, and ye burdened. But by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave a great commission to believers. Mark sixteen fifteen says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Global evangelism is the heart of Christianity. However, not everyone can travel across the seas to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Local Bible obedient churches are to be doing our part in reaching our communities for the cause of Christ. Yet we still have our responsibility to reach the uttermost part of the earth. For local churches to be true to Christ's great commission of global evangelism, we can help get missionaries who are called by God to a specific region get to their mission field. As a local church, we can partner with missionaries in prayer that God would use them in their field of ministry to bring lost souls to our Lord, but we can also share in the fruit of their labors through sacrificial financial giving. This is the portion of giving to God and His work that is in the category of offerings that are above our regular tithing. And so today I want to share with you the biblical principles of faith promise giving. What is faith promise giving? Faith promise giving is a vehicle by which we, as the local church, support missionaries to reach the world with the gospel. It follows a scriptural plan of giving based on trusting God to provide both for us, our church, and missionaries. 
is an, an agreement with the church that as God provides, we commit a specific amount on a regular basis to help with global evangelism through missionaries. God has presented to us these principles in our passage today. And so, as we look at these principles, we must do our part financially in obedience to God's plan for global evangelism. For some, this teaching will be an education, but for others, it'll be an exhortation. And so, let's look at what the scripture says concerning faith promise giving. The first thing I want us to see is that in faith promise giving, I want you to see the participants of faith promise giving. Verse number two says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Here we seemingly have a contradiction in terms from the words affliction and joy and the words poverty and liberality. Paul mentioned that the churches of Macedonia were in great affliction, but they also had an abundance of joy. The churches of Macedonia were in extreme poverty, yet they still gave liberally. Mature believers can have joy in the midst of affliction, and even in poverty, mature believers can be liberal givers. Who are the participants of faith promise giving? Well, according to verse number two, every believer should participate. No one is too poor to be involved in God's plan for financing global evangelism. And giving liberally is not relegated to the financial size of the giving, but rather to the size of the heart in giving. I ask this question, who has more faith in their giving? A person with $10 million in their life savings giving $100 to missions, or a person with $100 in their life savings giving $100 to missions? You see, a person doesn't have to be rich to give liberally. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus taught that the widow who gave two mites was more liberal in her giving than the rich who gave in abundance to the treasury because she gave by faith sacrificially. Now the rich did give in abundance, but in the eyes of God, the widow gave more because her sacrifice was more liberal. Before you get ahead of me, I'm not asking you to give of all of your savings so that you have nothing. The point I'm trying to make is this. You don't have to be rich in order to give sacrificially. Every believer should be participating in giving by faith. Both the rich and not so rich can give liberally. Second principle I want you to see is not just the participants of faith promise giving, but the power of faith promise giving. In verse number three, the scripture says, For to their power... I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. In this verse, the word power can be understood as ability. Every time faith, promise, commitment is taken, there are three ways that people give. One, they give below their power. Two, they give according to their power. Or three, they give beyond their power. Now, Sadly, most American Christians give far below their ability to give. In America, there are over 22 million Baptists. And according to a recent study, the average giving of Baptist church members in America is less than $17 a week. So clearly, that is below the ability to give. But then there are others who give according to their ability. The Apostle Paul says in verse number three, 
according to their power. In other words, they gave according to their ability. This means that if we were to look at our budget and our income and we come to the conclusion that we can give X amount of dollars per week for missions above our regular tithing, this is a giving according to our power or according to our ability. However, in verse number three, the Apostle Paul says that the churches in Macedonia gave beyond their power or beyond their ability. And how do we give beyond our ability? Well, let me give you an example. After deciding on our personal budget, we conclude that we can give $25 a week. In our mind, we have this figure. However, as we are burdened about a missions ministry, God begins to lay in our heart a figure of maybe $30 or $40 a week. And so when we think about giving $40 a week, we say, there's no way we can do that. Then when the time comes to make a commitment, do we give what we know we can give or do we give beyond our own power? Let's say I obey God's urging and make a commitment of $40 a week. Then week after week, I give $40 and trust God to provide for my needs. You know what this takes? It takes faith. We preach about faith. We have our definitions of faith. We talk about faith. But the only thing that most of us don't do is practice faith. Well, the Macedonian Christians practiced faith and they gave beyond their power. They gave by faith. And though, and so that's what we should be doing is giving above our ability. So we've seen the participants of faith promise and the power of faith promise. Thirdly, I want you to see the purpose for faith promise. In verse number four, the scripture says, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. The churches of Macedonia begged Paul to take their offerings so that they could be participants in caring for the saints. In this verse, we find the purpose for faith promise giving. It says the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Faith promise giving is the express purpose of sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with people around the world. In order for missionaries to go around the world and preach the gospel to every creature, finances are needed. And when we give in faith promise giving every week to missions, we are participating in the labor of the missionaries spreading the gospel in their respective country of ministry. And so the fourth thing I want you to see is the prerequisite for faith promise giving. In verse number five, the scripture says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You see, before the churches of Macedonia gave financially, they first gave their lives to God. You know what God wants more from Christians than anything else? He wants our lives. He wants us. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You see, more than anything else, God wants you. Giving our money to God and giving all of our money, every bit of it, every penny, is not an acceptable substitute for giving our hearts, minds, will, and treasures to God first. If God doesn't have our lives, there will not be any treasures in store in heaven for us, no matter how much money we give. 
When we give our lives to God first, then giving of his money will also be that much sweeter. The fifth principle I want you to see in faith promise giving is the persuasion for faith promise giving. In verse number six, the Bible says, In so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. The word grace in this verse is the same usage in verse number one, speaking of financial offering. This verse finds Titus persuading the church of Corinth to participate in this offering. Now, I'm not much of a fundraiser. As a matter of fact, I detest it, lest I seem to come across as a charlatan. However, I do find it very exciting to urge God's people to give and let God show himself strong in how it is used for global evangelism. Like Titus went to Corinth to persuade the church of God to increase their giving to the care of the saints, I urge you today to pray about how God would use you to give in Faith Promise Campaign towards missions. There's no greater cause for giving than to see souls come to Jesus Christ. That's a worthy cause to sacrifice. The sixth principle I want you to see is the proof of faith promise giving. In verse number eight, the Bible says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness, excuse me, but by occasion of the forwardness of others to prove the sincerity of your love. In other words, Paul was saying, this offering I'm speaking about is not a commandment. It's a voluntary or free will offering. We're not to judge or condemn anyone if they do it or not. We are simply saying that it is a worthy cause that we should prayerfully consider giving. Notice again the example of the poor Christians giving liberally. Paul said that since these Macedonian Christians were so poor and they gave so liberally, shouldn't we be giving as well? And again, in verse number 8, Paul said that he was not commanding people to give. He just wanted them to see that others were giving by occasion of the forwardness of others. Then he said he wanted them to prove the sincerity of their love. Our faith promise giving proves the sincerity of our love to the Lord Jesus Christ and for a lost and dying world. The seventh principle that we see in this passage is the passion for faith promise giving. Verse number 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Jesus was rich. He had literally everything in heaven, and yet he became poor for us. The purpose for his becoming poor was so that we might be rich in him. Thank God we as believers are rich in Christ. When we think of the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are compelled to give of ourselves, to give all that we have for the cause of Jesus Christ. He gave all of himself for us. Shouldn't we give ourselves to him? I think of the hymn, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Jesus received our poverty that we might receive his riches. How can we bathe in our luxuries and let the world die and go to hell without getting totally involved in giving to worldwide evangelism? And then I want you to see the next principle for faith promise 
is the performing of faith promise giving. In verses 10 and 11, the scripture says, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. You see, Paul urged the church of Corinth to keep what they had promised to do. He reminded them that a year previously, they promised to give. However, many didn't fulfill their promise. There's an old riddle that goes like this. If there were ten frogs on the log and nine of them decided to jump off, how many frogs would you have left on the log? You'd have ten. You see, they decided but they didn't act on that decision. Deciding isn't the same as performing. Too many Christians make decisions without performing that decision. It's just like what happens every first of the year. Many people decide to become more fit, but aren't willing to do what it really takes to be fit. Many people join gyms in the beginning of the year. Gymnasiums make the most money in January because so many people make that New Year's resolution. They decide to be more healthy, to be more fit, to lose weight. Well, in order to see results in that, it takes discipline. It takes dedication. It takes determination. It takes desire. And yes, it actually takes the right diet. But... When it comes to the rubber meeting the road, most people don't act upon it. They don't perform that discipline or dedication, that determination. A lot of times the same thing happens when it comes to faith promise giving. We can decide. We can even put on a commitment card that we desire to give this much. But if we don't perform it, we're no better than a person who wants to be physically fit, joins a gym, but never ever goes. Deciding is not the same as performing. Are we willing to perform our faith promise giving? The last principle I want you to see in this passage is the proportion of faith promise giving. In verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that your abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Here Paul told the church of Corinth that God didn't expect for them that which they didn't have. It is The Bible says it is accepted according to that a man hath. What this means is, is that we should not be giving more than what we have. We have a tendency to set aside an amount for what we're going to do. And then in faith promise giving, we should set aside for what we give to God for, for missions. Well, we shouldn't give more than what we have in our budget. What we need to be doing is adjusting our budget to be giving more to missions and giving less to ourselves. And then in this passage in verses 
13 and 14, Paul said, I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened. What Paul was saying was that if others are burdened and you are eased, then you should share in their burden. If others are at ease you are, and you are burdened, then they should share in your burden. What this is speaking about is equality. We help one another out. So we think about proportionate giving. We give to others and others help provide for us. Now, all cannot give an equal amount, but all can give an equal sacrifice. That's proportionate giving, and it's always been God's plan for global evangelism. Now, let me close with this. We need to develop a proper biblical philosophy of giving. Too many people approach giving in this way. How much of my money should I give to the work of God? However, the proper thinking should be this way. How much of God's money should I use for myself? It's not my money. It's God's money. Everything I have came from Him. I'm a steward and accountable to Him who has committed this to my trust. One day I must stand before God and give an account of what I have done with what he has committed into my hand. That's how we should be thinking. Christians today should practice equal giving. There are millions around the world who have never one time heard the gospel. There are many even in our own community who have never heard. We who have heard and, and are Enjoying the blessings of Almighty God should certainly sacrificially give so that all men everywhere can hear the gospel at least one time. And when I mention practicing equal giving, that means we should all equally be sacrificing. And so I conclude with what God said to the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth in his word in chapter 7. Verse, excuse me, chapter 8, verse number 7 of 2 Corinthians. The Bible says, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I ask you this question Are you willing to perform your faith in giving to global evangelism? If you're looking for a church family where you can serve, I'd like to invite you to Anchor Baptist Church of San Diego. We are a Christ-centered, family-oriented ministry located at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. Our services start on Sunday for Sunday school at 9.30 a.m. and our morning worship begins at 10.45. Then we have a brief time of fellowship before we begin our afternoon service at 12.15 p.m. Our midweek Bible study and prayer time is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with a destructive, addictive behavior, Anchor Baptist Church offers an addictions recovery ministry, which is a Bible-based recovery program that provides freedom through the power of God and His Word. This program is called Reformers Unanimous, and we meet every Friday at 7 p.m., also at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. 
For more information, visit us at www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. That's www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Or call us at 619-804-3413. That's 619-804-3413. You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kehiwat. For more information, visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ.